Praise the Lord, guys. How's everybody doing today? You guys doing good out there? All right. I am excited to be doing my favorite thing once again with my favorite people. I, I uh, was thinking about that earlier. I'm like, we have such a good example of Jesus Christ in the pillars in this community. And we are the body and we get to see that example of Jesus in our body and in our members of this church. And I was very appreciative for Brother Carl and some of our elders that have been a, an example of faith in my life growing up. You know, I've been here for a while, so they've got to see me grow up and I've got to see this faithfulness from the elders in this church. And I want to express my love for that today. So I love you guys, and we are going to be talking all about love today. And we're going to be talking about the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's who I want to be. Anybody else with me? Who else wants to be the disciple Jesus loved? In John 21, verse 20, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? He leaned his head on Jesus' chest and asked him, who will betray you, Lord? Now, of course, John wrote this, so John refers to himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. And I feel like I'm Jesus' favorite, even though he loves all of us equally and he has no favorites, but... I like to think of myself as Jesus' favorites, and you guys are Jesus' favorites too. So we all are inspiring to become this disciple who Jesus loves. So tonight we're going we're gonna to take a look at that. We're going to dive into it this week and next week. We're going to continue it. Today we're going to talk about two of these points, though. We're going to talk about what did he see and what did he learn and then next week we're going to come back and we're going to check out what did he teach? What did he go and he do? So we're going to go through some of these examples. He got to travel with Jesus in the flesh. I know today we carry him in our heart and we see him as an example in, in the body of Christ, which is why I started with that. But he got the experience walking and talking and standing next to him. He got to write one of the most rememberable verses that we still see in even football games and everywhere. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So John was the one who, who penned this. He was the one who got this concept of love. He got to see the fact that love sacrifices that love is not selfish, that love gives for others. He got to see, you know, no greater love than a man laid down his life for a friend. He also got to see what the world was like at that time and what God was coming to die for. He got to see how terrible it was. You know, we even today we live 2000 years after Jesus came and after the disciples went forth and we've grown up in an American Christian nation where we've got morals and guidelines. And I know the world's still not perfect. I know there's still sin and there's still that, but we've had 2,000 years of Christians trying to clean it up. 
John was living in an age where they didn't have that yet. Christ had just came. He hadn't died. People weren't filled with the Holy Spirit yet. So, But he's seen that God still loved the world in its present condition enough to come here and to rescue us. So let's move on. Let's see some more examples of what he got to see. We're going to go to John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem with one of the Jewish for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethsaida, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. That is as old as I am. 38 years this man had been sick. And when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? It really shows how much of a gentleman Jesus is. He didn't just come up and he, he asked him, what, are, what do you want? How, how can I help you? How can I serve you? But the man replied, I can't, sir. For the sick man said, For I have no one to put me into the pool whenever the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. So here he is, this man. He's been sick for 38 years. 38 years he couldn't find one person who cared enough about him to try and help him. No one, he says, nobody helps me get to where I need to get my healing. Nobody cares enough about me to stop what they're doing and to help change my life. 38 years. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So instantly, Jesus cared for this man's needs. 38 years, nobody, no one, no one showed this man the type of compassion. And Christ walking by couldn't help but stop for one minute and show this man some love. Changed his whole life. Changed his whole outlook on life. Life suddenly had meaning and hope and a reason to get up and do things for God. All because of that one moment of love. It didn't take Jesus a long time. He didn't. He just spoke love and gave healing and changed this man's life. And John, standing there, gets to witness this. He watches everybody else walk by. Anybody ever broke down on the side of the road? <laughs> it's amazing how many cars pass before somebody stops and helps. And I know I'm guilty of it. I'm on my way to work and I pass people and I pray for them. Jesus bless them. <laughs> I can't stop and change their tire, but God help them. But there are times when I can and there's times when we do. And there's times when, I, when God hits my heart and tells me, you know what? Show that person some love. Take an extra minute to stop and look at that person and tell them, you know, Jesus loves you. You know, things are going to be all right, guys. Things are going to get better. Like speak that life and hope and give that healing and support to people when they need it. And he got to see Jesus do this in the flesh when it didn't make sense. Because it doesn't make sense. 
to be loving and open like this. <laughs> I have people at my work look at me like I'm a weirdo sometimes. <laughs> I got grown men in a welding shop, and I'm like, yeah, I love you. And they're like, what did he just say? <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, guys, this is who I am. I can't help it. I love. If, if, if you don't like people who love people, then you're probably not going to get along with me very good. But I've been doing a good job of getting to know this man who is love. And when you get to know Jesus, and the more you read this Bible and you put it in you, it's hard not to love. He's going to show you examples of love. He's going to teach you how you can be love. So let's continue with some more examples here. Let's go to John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he went back again at the temple, and a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. But what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Now, this was in the law. What she had done was wrong. If Jesus would have said stone her, it wouldn't have even mattered. It wouldn't have even known we would have overlooked it. He, he, he fulfilled the law. Good. She was a sinner. So once again, John's standing back watching this going, okay, I know, I know what the answer is. I know what he should be doing here. I know that he can go ahead. He can, he can side with them. He could walk away and pretend this never happened. He doesn't even have to take time to worry about it. And God... Wrapped in flesh here. He doesn't, he doesn't stand up and fight these people. He doesn't combat them. He, he doesn't... He stops. And he stoops down quietly. And he writes in the dust with his finger. He slows everything down. The whole confrontation. He slows it down. And they kept demanding an answer. And when he stood up again, he said, All right. Let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. He made them all stop and reflect on themselves. He made them all think about their own lives. He made them debate, what, what about you? Have you been held accountable for everything you've done? Would you be happy in that situation? Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust again. Now, you know, we, I've, I've always heard a lot of arguing, a lot of talk about what did he write? <laughs> Was he listing the people's sins? <laughs> Brother Carl, you got an opinion? They misquoted the law. Really? The oh. law says, if people are caught, you're to bring the man and the woman. Oh, very good point. And yeah. so, the fact that they were misquoting something that he knew very well. Very good point. <laughs> yeah. There's the man. Right? <laughs> Well, they'll, they'll, they'll pick and choose. We'll pick and choose who we want to hold accountable and who we don't want to hold accountable. And there's some people that we, you know, well, their sins, we can accept their sins. But look at this person's. But it's funny, Jesus, again, 
He, he gets to the root of the matter. Hey, whoever has never done anything wrong, why don't you throw the first stone? And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. Beginning with the oldest, the wisest. <laughs> Who's the wisest? Hey, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> this guy's pointing out sins. It's time to go. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And I tell you what, if I find myself in a place of sin, I really want to be with only Jesus. I'd really like to find some time with just me and him alone. Me and him can work this out. His hands are way more merciful than men's. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Didn't one of them condemn you? So he's, he's looking around. Wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no one here is mad at you no more? No one here wants to condemn you anymore? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. There's love in that, guys. We have a world that makes us think that if we tell people not to sin, that we're being mean and that we're hurting them. But telling people not to do something that destroys your life is the most loving thing you can do. God can restore. God can bring back. God can always make right again when people repent and people turn. But the wages of sin are death. You know, I've looked at my life and I feel like it's a log. And every time we sin, it's like chopping it with an axe. And in the end, God can smooth down all the edges, but you still chopped a lot off of your life that would have been so much better back the way it was. And I can't always go back and fix all of the, the, the marks I've left in my life. God can, and He is, and He will. He's making me a whole new body. I'm going to get a whole new log one day without all those chop marks in it. But I can prevent people from making those mistakes now. Not... Not in an evil way, not in a hateful way, not in a mean way. The way Jesus did it, where He stoops down, He takes time, He listens to your situation, and He calmly goes, you know what, I don't condemn you, but go and don't do that anymore. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, we're going to talk to the Father about it, we're going to repent, we're going to make it right, but then we're going to go and we're going to not do that anymore. We're going to encourage you. That you don't, you don't have to sin every day. You know, we all do make mistakes. But isn't it nice to be encouraged that you don't have to? We've got the power of the Holy Ghost inside of us. We've got God on our side who will encourage to you know, make the right decisions in our life. And Jesus wrapped it up pretty easy. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. He's like, do this. For spending our time in love. We're not, we're not being unloving. I'm not spending my time not caring. I should be spending my time in love. And if I'm in love, it's going to be hard for me to find time to sin. But let's keep going. The disciple who Jesus loved. So what examples did he see today? He's seen Jesus heal. He's seen Jesus care. He's seen Jesus forgive. He's seen Jesus love. He got to see this purest form of love. You know, I often had friends growing up who would come over to my house 
and they would meet my family and they would they would try to move in. <laughs> right, Trent? <laughs> and they would they would they would say to me though, your family is so loving. And I'm, you know, I grew up in it. So this is just how my family's always acted. I don't even think about it. It's just my family. And then I would go to their house and I would go, oh, <laughs> oh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to talk bad about them or nothing like that, but they weren't, they weren't Christian. They weren't raised in church. They didn't have these, this concept of love. It was a, a house of chaos where people pleased themselves and everybody did their own thing and there wasn't love. There wasn't Jesus. How you like that? These are Chris's new shirt. I told him I was going to advertise for him. <laughs> but he is what made the difference. He made the difference in my family. He makes the difference in everybody's life when you see his example of love. But let's continue. John chapter 13. This is the story where Jesus takes the time to wash his disciples' feet. And we used to have foot washing services. I remember them. <laughs> and we used to wash each other's feet as an act of service, as, as a show of love. And I still feel like this communion should still be going on in our church. Even if it's not actually pulling out the bowls of water and washing each other's feet. But we should be serving one another in love. We should be doing this act of service and compassion where we care for our brothers and sisters around us. So in John chapter 13, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I am doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and your teacher and have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. We call Jesus our Lord and our teacher. But he can't be our Lord if we don't obey him. He can't be our teacher if we don't listen to him. If we're not learning from him, then he's not our teacher. He may be our God. He may be this person that we look to in times of need. But he's not your Lord if you don't obey him. And he's not your teacher if he doesn't teach you. So we, we have to learn and we have to obey. We have to see what Jesus did. We have to learn from that example. And then we have to put it in practice to be the disciple who Jesus loves. And we're, we're, we're going to see this in John's life. John's seeing all these examples that Jesus is doing. And he's learning from it. And then he's going to go, he's going to put it into practice. He's going to teach it. He's going to do it. He's going to show people how to, to continue in this process of living in love. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master. We're not greater than Jesus. <laughs> we'll never be greater than Jesus. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So we have a promise here in the Bible. God says, I will bless you if you do as the examples I've shown you. 
If we take time to care for our brothers and sisters, if I can serve your needs, even if that means getting on my hands and knees and pulling out a bowl of water and washing your feet, that's what it takes. Sister Debbie broke her foot. <laughs> she needed some help with her feet. And you know what, me and Candy, we went and picked her up. We took her to Bible study. We cared for her. It wouldn't, I wouldn't have been, a, she wouldn't have wanted to hear any more of my Bible studies if I tell her all about love, but then the one time she needs help, me and Candy are too busy. Sorry, Brandon, I've been too busy. <laughs> but it takes time for us to take time out of our schedule to love each other. That's why I, me and Brandon have been talking. He's got a new place he's been working on. I was like, I'm going to get over there because I want him to know I love him. And he's not going to know I love him if I can't take time and I can't spend time with them, and I can't serve them, and I can't express that love. It's easy to say it. Jesus didn't just say it. Hey, you guys know I love you. Your feet are clean. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he's God. He could have very well done that. You know what, guys? Boom. No more sweaty feet. Done. I fixed it. But no, he took his time. Because in that act of taking his time, he showed his love. He showed his love by spending time. That's so important. It's important that we spend time in God's house. This is how we show God our love. It's the same thing with the people around us. We live busy lives. We get distracted. But it's important that we make time to show our love. I, like to, I love when I get a chance to go over to my mom and dad's house and spend time with them. That's my way of showing them my love. If I didn't see them ever and I showed up on the holiday, hey, mom, they're not going to feel very loved. And a lot of people, unfortunately, do that with God in His house. They'll come in on Easter. But He's here. And He's full of love. And He's got stuff to give you if you give time to Him. Let's go to John chapter 14. I don't know why I keep saying go to John. We're going to stay in John. <laughs> We're in John the whole time, guys. <laughs> Those who accept my commandments and obey them. So here we go again. Those who see my, my commandments, they see what I'm telling them, they hear my voice, and then they obey them, are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and reveal myself to each of them. So it's important that we accept God's commandments, that we obey God's commandments. And God's commandments are full of love. He is commanding us to love. To love God, to love our neighbor, and to love ourselves. And if we do that, and the whole world, right Brandon, the whole world, no one gets left out. Let's go to John chapter 15. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. These are the words of Jesus. If you want to be a disciple, you must produce much fruit. Love, joy, peace, happiness. We need to produce this fruit in our life. If we want to be a disciple, let alone the one who he loves. But just to be a disciple... We've got to have this fruit growing in our life. They'll know you're my disciple by your love. You're not going to be known without this fruit. You may be a guy who can speak a lot. You may be, you may be someone who dresses up nice every week when he shows up. 
Hello, Moto. <laughs> but you will not be his disciple if you don't have love and you don't have the fruit growing inside you. This brings great joy or great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. It's up to us whether or not we remain in God's love. God's love is there. We can take ourselves out of it or we can remain in God's love. You know, we were, me and my wife were talking about how some people live online. Like, they, they, take, they take these pictures of themselves. They look totally different when they're online. They have this whole personality online and it's their whole image of themselves online. And if you were to go to their house, you wouldn't even recognize them. They're a different person in their own world. But online, this is who we are. Because that's where they live. I live here online. This is, this is me. I'm online. My life and my, my personality and everything outside of that, that's not where I live. They may exist in the world, but they don't really live here. Where they find their life and where they live is in this image that they've presented online. And it really showed me like where we can put ourselves in, in positions in life. I can live in this persona. I can live in this image. And I can live, or I can live in love. Our church is all about go love. Everybody knows this theory. This is who we are. We go and we love. It puts us in this mindset where we live our lives in a state of love. I don't, I don't want to, I want to grow, you know, of course, I'm not perfect yet. We're working on that. But I, I want to grow in that. I want to continue to be that way. I don't want to be the person who, who's like the angry parent who answers the phone. Hello, everything? Yeah, okay. Sunset out! Oh, yeah, everything? I want to perfect the state where we stay and we remain in His love. Where... I can handle bad situations with a good loving attitude. I can handle rough situations because they're going to come. The storms are going to blow in our life. There's going to be times that things happen that I don't understand. And I don't want to lose my position in God's love. I want to live in it. I want to grow in it. I want to I continue to produce much fruit. I want to be the disciple whom Jesus loves. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Man, so there we go, guys. We're talking all about how to become the disciple Jesus loved. He just, he just gave it all away right there, guys. If we want to be the disciple who Jesus loves, we have to obey his commandments. We've got to stay in that. We've got that still small voice that speaks inside of us. That tells us, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Or, hey, you should go over there and pray for that person. Those, those are the commandments. We need to continue to believe and follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. He's going to remind us of everything Jesus taught. He's going to remind us of everything Jesus did. He's going to show us how we're supposed to act in our lives. And if we follow that and we keep producing this fruit, we remain in God's love. We continue to be the disciple who Jesus loved. 
Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. So God didn't tell us to follow His commands so we can be disgruntled and we can be upset. And, you know, I, man, it was so beautiful last night. I got to witness the two guys at my work that I've been talking to and some clicked yesterday. God called them because they both sat there and we... I don't think we got much work done. So my boss might not be too happy. I hope he's not watching. No, no, because it was more important, and we still got it. We got our number. We did good. But there was a time, you know, I was talking, and they were something was different about last night. They they were they were they were feeding. You could see them. They were asking questions. They were hungry to understand what I was telling them. And the one guy said to me, like, you know, I just I never really wanted to go to church because. I just didn't want to give everything up and I didn't want to, you know, have to change everything about my life. And I was like, well, isn't that God's job? You go to church. I told him, I said, you read your Bible, you pray, you do the things that he's commanded you to do. And yes, you're going to give some things up. Things are going to fall off. You're going to quit wanting to sin. You're going to quit sinning. These things are going to happen in your life. But don't let the devil lie to you and make you think that there's not joy in obeying the commandments of God. There are, there's great joy, there's love, there's things that are going to explode in your spirit when you start obeying the will of God. That's the fruit that he talked about. You're going to grow much fruit if you become my disciple. It's not something you have to give up. I'm not tortured up here living a life of Christ. There are, there are going to, the world's going to torture me. The world's going to come after me. They're not going to like what I'm doing. They're not going to like the fact that I love everyone. But God is going to bless me. God is going to show me His love. He's going to let me lay my head on His chest. He's going to have this relationship where I feel like the disciple whom He loves. I don't feel like the guy that He's waiting to punish. I don't feel like the person who, who He looks down on or despises or condemns. But I feel the compassion from my God and my Savior. I feel His love. Yes, your joy will overflow if you obey my commandments and you remain in my love. You have a promise from Jesus Christ that your joy will overflow. And that's what I told them, the kids yesterday. And I, I didn't even, I wasn't preparing for this. But I told them, you guys give your life to Jesus and watch and see how much better your life gets. So I'm sick of the devil's lies and when you give your life to Jesus, your life's going to get worse. Are you going to have trials? Yes. But you'll be filled with joy. You'll be overwhelmed with joy. You'll have peace and security and happiness. And your life will be more abundant. That's what the Word of God promises us. He's not a liar. The devil is. We need to keep calm on that. This is my commandment. So he talked about obeying his commandments. And he talked about how we're going to remain in this love. But he says, here's how, guys. This is John got to see all this and experience all this. He's learning. Like, this is how. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So here Jesus turns it around. You guys are seeing all this good love that I do. You're seeing all the good things that I do. And it's easy to love somebody who you're watching give love to everyone around them. But Jesus goes, you know what? Don't worry 
I want you to love other people. I want you to love this world like I have loved you. I, yes, God wants you to love Him. We should all love God. And then we should show that love by loving people who don't deserve it. Mm, not the people who deserve it. It's easy for me to love Brandon. He's a good dude. <laughs> it's hard for me to love the guy who cut me off in traffic, who doesn't give a care about me. That person's hard to love. But I can show God that, yeah, it's easy to love you. God, you bless me. You've taken care of me. You've always supplied for me. You've made a way where I didn't see how I was going to make it tomorrow. It's easy for me to show you my love, God. So go love somebody else. Really show me you love me. Don't just show it to me. Show it to them. For there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves. No longer is he looking at us as his slaves, his property. You're no longer my property. You're in this relationship of love with me. Because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. You're my slaves if you don't love people. If you haven't understood what I'm teaching you, you're my possession. I still own you. This is still my world. You're still my people. You can't change that. I created you. You'll always be mine. But you're a slave. You're not in this relationship of love. Jesus says, now you are my friends. He's showing them now there's, there's this deep connection. There's this relationship. There's this love that exists between us. I want to evolve from that. I don't want to be just something God created, just something God owns. I want to be something God cherishes, something God loves. I want to feel His love, and I want to show His love to the world around me. That's why we love. We don't love the people around us because... They've done something that deserves it. We love them because we love God. Man, that's so good. It's hitting me really hard now. Like, There's so many times in our life that people don't deserve it. But that's not why we do it. We should love them anyways because of our love for God. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. There are some things that don't last forever, but these last forever. Faith, love, hope. And the greatest of all of these is love. Love is the lasting fruit. Brother Brandon taught about love. I basically stole his notes for this whole <laughs> We, we taught on love for like three weeks and I'm still teaching on it. That shows you how important this is. This message is everything. If we don't understand love, then we're, we're dead. We're, we're gone already. This is all about our love. And we, we talked about all of it. We talked about how love was the greatest. Like prophecy. Yeah, all this stuff's great. 
But one day we're going to be dead and gone. This prophecy, none of this is going to matter. But our love is going to matter. The times that we've spent giving the message to people who had never heard it. The time that we spent giving a cup of water to one who was thirsty. The time we spent going to funerals with people that we love because we wanted to show our support and our care for them. These are the ways that our love shines and it shines forever. That's the one thing that doesn't go away. When we're in heaven one day, there's going to be plenty of love. There's going to be plenty of remembrance of the love of earth. The things that we've done that were good and God loved and cherished in our lives. We're going to be able to reflect on those things and live in those memories. And we're going to be able to experience more and express our love in heaven with God. How amazing. We'll be able to put our head on his chest and experience that closeness that this disciple got to experience with Jesus. I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for. You and God, you know, I've been praying for this and God doesn't answer my question. Well, there you go. <laughs> go love. That's what he tells you. Go love. If you're loving and you're producing this lasting fruit, the Father will give you whatever you ask for. You know why? Because what you ask for is going to be in love and that is His will. Because God is love. He's all about love. So when we're praying in, this, in His will, in His name, in His character, in His being, that's the whole point of praying in the name of Jesus. It isn't just signing His name to the bottom of our letter. When we pray in the name of Jesus, that means we're praying in His character, in His image, in his image and his character is love. So if we're praying from a point of love, we're praying in unison with the will of God. And that's when our prayers become very powerful. That's when our prayers start to come true and you see things happen. You go, wow, I can't believe that happened. I mean, Brandon, we're praying about a place to stay. He's moved in now. I was working his tail off trying to get it all night. But it was a prayer that we seen come true because it was in God's will. It was out of love. God loves his family. God loves him. God loves you. He loves your family. He wants to bless your life. And we need to be praying in that love. In that... In that... Pastor, we were talking about the concept of coming to, I think we were talking about in men's prayer, about coming to God like a child. And he brought up the fact that when a child asks his father for ice cream, he expects to get ice cream. No child goes, hey, can I get some ice cream, Dad? And the dad says no, and he's like, what? Why? Like, Your expectation as a child is that your father loves you, and he's going to take care of you. And our expectation with God should be the same way. When it flows out of this relationship with love. If I'm living in love and I'm walking in love. And, and mean God's relationship is built in love. He's going to care for me. And I'm going to ask for things with expectation. Because I know He loves me. I'm not going to ask for things that aren't very loving or selfish and silly. Because those things aren't love. But when I'm asking for things out of love for my brother and things that I know we need as a body, God's will is being, is being performed through my prayer. That's, that makes, makes it pretty powerful. And speaking of that, let's move on to see the Lord's Prayer. 
This is something else John got to witness as an example of his prayer in John chapter 17. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who have ever believed in me through their message. So here's, here's Jesus, he's praying, he prays for his close disciples, and he says, I'm not only, and now he's going to transition, he says, I'm not only praying for these disciples that are right here with me, but this prayer is going to go forth for all the disciples, everyone who hears their message and goes forth. And he says, I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, and as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may there be in us, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. The only way this world is going to believe is if we're living and we're acting in love. Nobody cares how much you know till they know how much you care. It's the same thing with these guys at my work. That I'm sure that had something to do with it. This isn't, you know, I didn't just get to know them. They've been getting, they've been seeing me at work for a couple of months. They've been, they've been watching how I care. They've been, they've been testing me. Is Daniel really going to care? They've seen it when things have broke down in work, and instead of getting mad and throwing a wrench, I smile and I go, "All right, we'll fix this, guys. Let's go. Let's move on here." They've seen that, and thank God for His grace to continue to keep me in that place. <laughs> well, don't let them see. You're right. <laughs> let them see the love only. <laughs> but they got they they so they've gotten to that point. That's why they're willing to sit there and listen. Hey, wait a minute. What about this God, Dan? How how did He change your life? Because you are acting different. You're acting out of love. You're not acting like the other bosses around here who will come in always in a bad mood. But you come in and you're happy. And you're willing to help. And when I need help, you're not, you're not frustrated and angry because I'm wasting your time. I mean, for one, you're getting paid to be there. So. <laughs> I've always found that odd anyways. But I pray that we will be one in love. That we will be one and united with God in His love. I have given them the glory you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. I in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. The world does not know you. The world doesn't know love. They don't see that expression of love. Like I talked about earlier, when friends would come over to my house, they'd be like, this is what's different. That's what, they, that's what they got to see. There's a love here. There's a warmth. There's a genuineness where, where you guys actually care for each other's needs. That's what God wants us to be like. This world doesn't, doesn't get it. It's not something that just comes naturally. 
It's something that is opposed to our nature. It's something we've got to work hard on. Guess what? Five o'clock in the morning, we haven't had a cup of coffee. Love's kind of hard to find. <laughs> but we work on that. We grow in that. We continue to, 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 to practice this act of living in love. So that way, when we do have those days where we've got a broke bone and we're dealing with pain and we're dealing with issues, we're not overwhelmed with this worldly way of acting, which is empty and void of love. I have revealed you to them. He has showed us God through his actions. John got to see this example of love. John got to see him heal. He got to see him forgive. He got to see him love. So he was revealed to them. And I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them. And I will be in them. Our looking at the examples of Jesus' love and how he continues that in our life is what puts the love of the Father in us. That is a good, that's a good secret in life. If I get to a point where I don't feel like I'm being as loving as I should be, I can go and I can look at the examples of Jesus and it encourages me and it puts the love of the Father back in my heart. That's why we talk so much about Jesus in church. That's why every service they're going to talk about God's love. They're going to put that example out there because if we don't get that example, we're not getting God's love in our heart. But the more we study, the more we look and we see how Jesus loved, how great his love was, all the ways that he expressed his love, the more that love grows inside of us and the more that we want to express it, the more it starts to shine out by our actions and the things that we do in the way that we love. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 20. And after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, we made it right back to where we began. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? So Jesus is hitting them with a hard question. And today I'm, I'm posing it to you and everybody listening online. Do you love Jesus more than all of the other disciples? Do you love me more than all of these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. Really, it's, it's, so, it's so quick to, to say yes. It's so easy to say, yes, Lord, of course I love you, Jesus. Easy, yes. You know I love you, he tells him. Then feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my people. That's what Jesus told him there. You love me? Yeah, of course I love you. Okay. Feed and care for my people. Show me, your, show me how you love me. Now this is right before Jesus ascends into heaven. So this is, this is him talking to him and him telling him, alright, I'm going up to prepare a place for you. You're going to stay here. Do you love me? Then this is what I want you to do while I'm gone. I want you to feed and care for 
my people. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. He tells him again, look, this is important. I'm going to ask you twice. I'm going to get your attention. Are you sure you love me? You really love me? Because there's going to be times that my sheep aren't going to listen. There are going to be times that the sheep... You guys ever seen the video of the guy who rescues the sheep out of the hole? It's a hilarious video. He pulls the sheep out of the hole, and then he sets the sheep on the ground. The sheep takes off running and jumps headfirst right back into the hole. <laughs> it's like a five-second clip of the guy. He works hard. The sheep's stuck, you know, and he pulls the sheep out. Okay, you're out. Now go. Be free. And it dives right back into the same spot. And the guy's standing there like, oh. You watch this guy give his strength and his energy to save the sheep. And it's right back in there. And that's exactly what God's sheep are like. Sheep are not smart. They get led astray. They're easy targets. They get taken out by wolves pretty easily. And even though you're trying to protect them, if they're not smart and they end up out somewhere where they're not supposed to be, they're going to be damaged and they're going to be hurt. And it's the shepherd who's going to be hurt. It's the shepherd who's going to see this pain and have this loss. So the shepherd cares for these sheep and he tries to keep them. I don't want you to leave this flock. I want you to stay here. I want you to be safe. And I want to care for you. But these dumb sheep, they don't get it. They're still wandering away. They're still being silly. And God goes, I don't want you to call them dumb. I want you to love them. I want you to take care of them. I want you to be an example of love. Even when the sheep's jumping right back in the same hole you just dug him out of. Right? Go after the one. That's important. He didn't use sheep on, on accident. He didn't use other animals that are better behaved and better listened. He used sheep for a reason. Because it's important that, that we are going to feed the people who don't deserve it. The people who are vulnerable. The people who are hurting. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? I always listen to the Bible when I'm listening to the Bible at work. And every time I get to this point, I love the way that they, they, they did it on whatever, whatever audio I'm listening to. It's the New Living Translation. But the guy puts a lot of emotion when he reads this next part. And he goes, Jesus, you know I love you. And I always picture that, like, at this moment. If I was John, I would have been in tears. Like, God, you, why are you, like, you're asking me this, like, as if you don't think I do? You know everything. So, as a matter of fact, if you tell me I don't love you, I probably don't. I'm going to believe you right now. So, why are you asking me a third time? You know I love you. This is Peter. He gave up everything. I mean, yeah, he, he, he denied him when he was crucified, but he loved him. He was there, he followed him, and he was willing to go forward. So he's, he's Jesus. You know, you know I love you. Peter was hurt when Jesus asked him this question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Are you hurt, John? 
that you don't think that I know you love me? Because I'm not going to think you love me if you don't feed my sheep. If you're hurt that I'm asking you again that if you love me, I'm going to be in heaven and I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be asking you again, do you still love me, Peter? Are you still feeding my sheep? You haven't stopped feeding my sheep, have you? You haven't stopped loving me, have you, Peter? Because there's still sheep out there who need me. There's still one that's lost. I want you to leave the 99. I want you to go after that one. That's how I'll know you love me, Peter. And if you're feeding my sheep and you're taking care of these little ones, that's how you'll be the disciple who I love. You'll be the disciple who Jesus loves. Yes? It's, it's also interesting to know that the first two times that the Lord asked Peter, do you love me, he uses the Greek term agape. Mm, very good. Peter responds with the Greek term philio. Ah. And the third time the Lord says, uses philio and Peter as downcast when he uses that. Ah, that's so powerful. It's important. Like he's talking about filio and agape. These, they're, they're, there's a lot of different words that the Bible translates into this word love. Love is, is a big thing to understand. And filio is more like a prudence. Right. Where agape is deep. Deep love. love. So the Lord is wanting us to have a deep love for him. Very good. Very good. A deep Love, not just this surface love, not uh, acceptance, a friendship, but a deep agape love. It's very good. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. This is how we live when we don't love. If I don't worry about love, I get up, I do as I want. I dress myself like I want. I put on my shirt. I do wherever... Go where I want to go. I do whatever I want to do. I live for me. I'm selfish. This is how I live my life. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take care of you and tell you where to go. Today, Chris dressed me. <laughs> Pastor told me where to go. <laughs> and you guys are, 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 are determining how I act and what I'm doing. And that's, that's what he's talking about here. When we live in love, it ain't about us no more. It's about going and being and doing and being a part of the body of Christ. You're no longer living for yourself anymore. You're living for everybody else. You're living to express God's love to every person you come in contact with. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, now come follow me. And Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? And at this point, Peter turned around and saw the disciple who Jesus loved. But Peter should have looked down and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. Peter was getting it all too. 
Peter was seeing these examples. He was living in it. He was, he was feeding his sheep. And we all are this disciple whom Jesus loves. If we're the ones feeding his sheep and loving this world and living as this disciple. So, this disciple whom Jesus loved, what did he see? He saw how Jesus loved. And what did he learn? He learned from the Master how he was supposed to go and love. And next week, we're going to pick up and we're going to figure out what did he go forth and teach? Because John tears it up. If you want a little bit of insight into it, go ahead and read 1 John. We're going to be dealing with most of it next week. Because we're going to see John got all of these examples. He's seen, okay, this is what, this, these are all the things that God taught. This is what Jesus taught me. And so he pins his first book of John that we just kind of went through. Where he shows all these examples. And this is all, this is how God loves. Then he writes for us 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Where this is where he's going, okay, now you've read the story. What are we going to do? What are we going to go forth and do? So please come back next week. Let's close out in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Thank you for spending time with us, Lord. Teaching us how to love like you and how to be disciples whom you love, God. I want everybody who listens to this and sitting in this room today, Lord, to feel your presence and your love and have an example of that in their life today, God. That they can take that life that you show them and they can go forth to this world, Lord. And they can feed your sheep and care for your people as an act of love, God. That we will be so loving in this place. That this world will be changed by our actions as it was by yours, Lord. We love you. We worship you. Bless everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. See you all next week.